What's up everybody, GenX Dividend Investor here. I've been asked multiple times to make a simple video on how to invest in the stock market for absolute beginners. So I've created this to show you how easy it is to start investing in stocks, and at the end of the video I'll answer a bunch of questions that beginners often ask, so please make sure to watch all of this. Please feel free to ask any questions you have in a comment down below or on Instagram, and I'll do my best to answer everyone here or in a video. You can also jump onto my Dividend Discord chat server, which comes up if you type World's Largest Dividend Discord in Google, and ask me questions directly. Of course, please realize that I'm just some random over the internet who's been investing for over 25 years in the stock market and have weathered multiple market crashes and is passionate about helping others grow their wealth. I'm just the type of guy who gets into an Uber and hopes that I can convince the driver that he or she should open a Roth and start investing in the stock market before the ride is over. I don't work in the financial industry. I've always been in tech. So why am I like that? Because I've seen how powerful and liberating it is when you transition from thinking, what can I spend my money on to what can I invest my money in? I'm a self-made multimillionaire due to stocks, not because I had a YouTube channel that blew up or because I inherited any money or because I won a lottery. However, I'm not a financial advisor and thus just take this as entertainment from someone who isn't a professional. For context, I started investing when I was 21 and my salary was only $30,000 a year and my net worth was less than zero due to student loans. Now I'm in my 40s and I've built up decent sized stock portfolios, even though when I was in my 20s I wasted tons of money on girls, partying, cars, video games, and travel. Of all those, I don't regret spending any money on travel, or girls. But I wish the money I did waste I had instead invested into the stock market. Of course, if horses were wishes, beggars would ride. The real secret to life is balance. Invest some, play some. Don't defer all gratification, nor should you put off saving for your future. Be balanced. Finally, before we start, I want to sincerely thank all of you folks that have used my affiliate link, which helps support me to continue to grow my channel. As an Amazon associate, I earn from qualifying purchases, which means I get a small commission after you click on my link, which is in the description of this video, and then you shop for whatever you need. The cool thing is that it doesn't cost you anything other than the time it takes to click on my link before you go shopping as you normally would. If you do decide to do that the next time you go shopping online, then please leave me a comment or email or DM and tell me that you did it so that I know who my outstanding subscribers are who are helping me grow. Thanks, I really appreciate it. So let's start at the beginning. Stocks are basically just portions of companies and when you buy a stock you become an owner in those companies, like McDonald's or Starbucks or Apple or whatever. Trust me, it is a lot cooler eating at a McDonald's when you know you're an owner in it. It is never too late to start investing. I encourage all age ranges to invest, though generally the older you are, the more conservative your investments probably should be. One of your greatest allies in growing your wealth is time and the power of compounding. You will come to understand sayings like, time in the market will beat timing the market, which means that it's more important to be investing than to be sitting on the sidelines trying to guess when the market will go up or down. So it's super easy to start investing and I've broken it down into four main steps. Number one, you select an online broker. Number two, you select what sort of brokerage accounts you want. Number three, you transfer some cash into your newly opened brokerage account from your bank account. And number four, you buy some shares of stock, which is the only challenging part, but which I'll make super easy in this guide. And finally, I could add a final step, which is that you just keep on doing number four until you're six feet under. Now I recommend that before you invest, you have an emergency fund set up with at least three months of living expenses. And I also recommend that you get rid of high interest debt like credit cards. I'd also only invest what you can afford to lose and that you don't think you'll need for the foreseeable future. Warren Buffett, one of the greatest investors of all time, has a saying, if you don't feel comfortable owning a stock for 10 years, you shouldn't own it for 10 minutes. Now there are no guarantees in investing, so you need to be mentally, emotionally, and financially ready for the markets to drop and drop big. While history shows that markets trend up over time, it can sometimes take markets years to go above the point where you bought. Don't let any of that scare you. It's normal to feel worried about the risk of loss, but with risk comes reward. Refer to the quote at the beginning of this video about risk. I've found that if you consistently invest in the stock market over long periods of time, that you'll do well. Not a guarantee, but you should. Sometimes people say the word shares instead of stocks, and that is basically the same thing. 
So you will hear people say, I bought 10 shares of Microsoft, which is the same thing as saying they bought stock in Microsoft. You don't hear people say they bought 10 stocks of Microsoft. Instead, if they say they hold 10 stocks, it means they hold 10 different companies' stocks in their accounts, with a varying number of shares of each one. So like maybe they own 5 shares of Microsoft stock, 3 shares of McDonald's stock, 7.5 shares of Procter & Gamble, etc. Now in this video I'm talking about investing in stocks, but I think it's also good to explore investing in physical real estate. I've done both residential and commercial real estate investing, and I prefer stocks because stocks are more passive, which just means that it takes less time managing your stocks than it would take if you manage a rental property, and stocks are more liquid, which means it's easier and faster to sell stocks than physical real estate. And with stocks you don't have to deal with building maintenance, nor with tenants, nor lawsuits because someone tripped on something on your property or whatever. But physical real estate can yield incredible wealth as well, so I think it's prudent to explore if it's your cup of tea. Real estate has incredible tax advantages, though it is costly to start investing in physical real estate than stocks. I personally prefer to invest in real estate via stocks called REITs, which stands for Real Estate Investment Trusts, which are companies that own and often operate income-producing real estate. So first you select an online broker. An online broker is just a company that works with customers over the internet and that offers a product which lets you invest in stocks. An online brokerage firm is the same thing as an online broker. Who are some of the common online brokers that you might have heard of? Well, Robinhood, M1, E-Trade, Charles Schwab, and Fidelity, amongst others. I actually did a video called The Best Brokers in 2020, if you want to learn more about brokers. So just pick a broker, as you can always start from one and move to another one down the road. They all basically serve the same function, which is to help you buy your stocks, amongst other financial services that they provide. Charles Schwab and Fidelity are popular brand name ones that allow you to buy fractional shares. M1 and Robinhood are newer brokerages that also allow you to purchase fractional shares. What I mean is, let's say you want to buy one share of McDonald's stock, which let's pretend costs $200 a share. You can easily check how much the stock is trading for by typing it into Google or by looking it up on your new broker's app or website. So on E-Trade you would need $200 to buy a single share of McDonald's or you would need $400 to buy two shares, etc. However, if you are on Charles Schwab or M1 or Robinhood which allow fractional trading, then you could buy one half of a share for $100 or a quarter of a share for $50 or whatever. So they let you buy fractional portions of shares based on basically however much money you have. So if you had $22.47 in your account, then those brokers would let you buy that amount of a share of a stock. Robinhood is a popular one for new investors because their app is simple to use, but they have less features and less of a track record than someone like Fidelity or Schwab or E-Trade has. Another popular brokerage which is newer is M1. People love their user interface. I personally use E-Trade and M1. I like E-Trade and it has my dividend portfolio, but it doesn't allow fractional shares yet like M1 does. I actually have a referral link to M1 in the description of this video, and they usually run promotions where if you use someone's referral link and you deposit some money into your account, then both you and the referral person get a free $10 or $20 if that person who is setting up their account transfers cash into their new account within 30 days of signing up, usually for non-retirement accounts. Sometimes M1 changes their promotion, so I'm not sure what they're offering on the day you're watching this, but it never hurts to get free cash to invest, so consider using my M1 referral link if you want to try them out. These days it takes all of about 15 minutes to set up a new investing brokerage account. In most states, you need to be at least 18 years old to open your account, but if you are under 18, you can ask your parents to help open a custodial account for you. You also need your social security number amongst other forms of identification to open an account. Okay, so now you picked an online broker you want to use, and now you need to select what sort of brokerage accounts you want. In those accounts, you can buy stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, and more. There are multiple types of accounts that online brokers normally have, with the common ones being normal standard taxable broker accounts, which are non-retirement accounts, retirement accounts, education accounts like 529 plans, and investment accounts for kids like custodial accounts. If you are young, then I'd definitely open up a retirement account, and then I'd consider also opening up a normal brokerage account as well. You can open up multiple different types of accounts at the same online broker, and each account has different purposes and pros and cons. For example, I have both retirement accounts and non-retirement accounts at E-Trade. In M1, I just have a non-retirement standard brokerage account. 
A standard brokerage account has no contribution limit, which means you can deposit as much cash as you want into it and buy stocks and such. Normal brokerage accounts are good if you need to be able to withdraw cash for them without penalties. But the biggest disadvantage of a standard non-retirement account is that it's not tax advantaged. That means you'll have to pay taxes on earnings in your account, including capital gains and dividends or interest. Or to put that another way, if you buy McDonald's for $200 a share and then sell it later for $300 a share, you'll owe taxes on it if it's in a standard brokerage account. However, if you did that same McDonald's purchase in a retirement account, then you generally don't owe any taxes on it in that year. A normal brokerage account also can let you trade with margin, which is borrowed money, though I don't recommend you ever do that. You can also do things like buy options in standard brokerage accounts, which aren't always available in an IRA. Options are a more complex topic. Now, when you select a taxable standard account, you usually have two options on how it's owned. Number one, individual taxable brokerage account, which is opened by you and you are responsible for the taxes that might come from trading on the account. Or number two, a joint taxable account, which is an account shared by two or more people, usually your spouse, but it could be anyone, even a non-relative. Most people just select the individual option. Another question that is sometimes asked when you open a standard account is if you want a cash account or a margin account. Select the cash account and don't select or use the margin account options. That is just a way for you to borrow money from your broker so you can buy stock and you'll pay interest and it's incredibly risky. The biggest disadvantage of retirement accounts is that they penalize you if you need to withdraw money out before the normal retirement age. They do that to incentivize you to invest and stay invested and that's why they have tax benefits in the first place. Retirement accounts have limits on how much you can contribute in a calendar year, which is $6,000 under 50 years old and $7,000 if you're 50 or older. If you want to open a retirement account, you have to choose what type of account you want. The main types of retirement accounts are traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs. Some brokerages also have retirement accounts for small business owners and self-employed individuals, such as SEP IRAs, simple IRAs, and solo 401ks. Many companies you work for also offer 401k plans. Now, how do you choose if you should open up a normal traditional IRA versus a Roth IRA? The quick answer is that I'd recommend the Roth IRA. Normal traditional IRAs give you upfront tax breaks in the year you make contributions to the account. Roth IRAs give you a back-end tax break that makes your withdrawals in retirement tax-free. And who doesn't love the back-end? In order to open an IRA, you must have earned income. That means money from a job or something similar. And note there are income limits to be able to contribute to a Roth IRA, which means if you make too much money, which for 2020 is basically 139000 a year, then you can't contribute to a Roth for that year. I say basically because there are some nuances. If you make between $124,000 to $139,000 a year, you can still contribute to a Roth, but less than the normal $6,000 amount. And if you make $139,000 or more, then you can't do a Roth at all, but you can still do a normal IRA. Per IRS rules, there usually are taxes and penalties for withdrawing from IRAs before age 59 and a half. The smartest thing generally is just deposit your money in your retirement account, operating under the assumption that you won't touch it until retirement. I recommend you research more into it on your own if you want to know all the laws. My recommendation would be to open a Roth IRA and then try to maximize your contribution to your Roth account for the year, which is normally the $6,000 annual limit. And then if you have more money you want to invest, then also open up a taxable account. Now, while most everyone can open and contribute to a traditional IRA, there are limits on your ability to take a tax deduction on your contributions. Basically, if you don't have an employer's retirement plan, then you can take the traditional IRA deduction. But if you or your spouse have work retirement plans, like 401k plans, then your ability to also take a traditional IRA deduction is restricted based on your adjusted gross income. Okay, now let's move on to number three, which is to transfer some cash into your newly opened brokerage account. Once you open your new brokerage account, you need to hook up your bank account to it so that you can deposit cash into it. That process is also super easy. You will need to know your checking account number and then bank routing number, which you can find online or on a physical check from your account or by talking to your bank. Okay, now on to step number four, buy some shares of stock. Now, buying stocks can be time-consuming and complex, but for beginners, I recommend the simple approach, which is just to buy shares in an inexpensive broad market ETF like VU rather than invest in single stocks. So what does that mean? 
That means you should click the thumbs up button because you aren't mean and you don't hate me. What does it really mean? It means VU is the ticker for an ETF, which is an exchange traded fund that is made up of over 500 other stocks and is managed by a well-respected company called Vanguard, which is known for having very low management fees. The ticker is just an abbreviation used to uniquely identify shares of a stock or ETF in a stock market. So Microsoft ticker is MSFT, McDonald's is MCD. You can Google companies' tickers to find out what they are, and it will also bring up a graph of how they have done over time. So VU represents hundreds of stocks in it, which include companies like Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Johnson & Johnson, and hundreds of others. So by investing in that single fund, which basically just looks like a stock in your brokerage, you are getting a ton of diversification into hundreds of companies. So you still own a piece of Microsoft, Apple, etc. just by buying one share of VU. That diversification also helps you if one company goes under, since all your eggs aren't in one basket. You could replicate having VU by buying the same 500 plus stocks, but that would be hard to manage. In fact, Warren Buffett himself has recommended in one of his annual shareholder letters to simply invest in a low-cost S&P 500 index fund, which is what VU is. It's good to realize that putting your money in VU is a long-term strategy, which is the only way I recommend you invest. If you're looking to get rich quick, then I'm sorry it ain't going to realistically happen. To me, that's like saying you want six-pack abs quick when you have a beer gut. Quick and investing should never be used in the same sentence. Right now, one share of VU costs around $300. Five years ago, one share cost around $180. Of course, if your brokerage allows you to buy fractional shares, then you could also buy a fractional share of VU for less than $300. VU also pays you dividends, which is when mature companies pay out a portion of their profits to people who own shares. Now, my entire channel is basically dedicated to dividends because I love the passive income cash flow that comes from stocks that pay dividends. So if you hold VU in a normal brokerage account, you will owe taxes each year on the cash dividends that are paid out. Right now, VU pays a dividend yield of around 1.3% which means if you have $100 invested, then every year you would get a total of about $1.30 of cash, which you could configure in most brokers to automatically buy more shares of VU, which makes the compounding happen nice and fast. If you held VU in a retirement account, then you don't have to worry about taxes on those dividends. So even though my entire YouTube channel is devoted to dividend stocks, I'm not recommending that approach for brand new investors. Why? Because it has a bit more risk and time required to understand how to do it. However, many people end up investing in ETFs and single stocks, like dividend stocks, so you can eventually opt to do that as well. There is no right or wrong way that is guaranteed to be the right way. Investing isn't a sprint, it's a marathon. Now when you actually are ready to buy the stock or fund, like VU, don't get scared by all the options they give you on how you want to buy it. The easiest option is just to pick market order, which is saying to buy the stock as soon as possible at the best available price. That's what I normally do when I buy or sell a stock or fund. You can also do a limit buy or sell, which is asking to buy or sell a stock at a specific price or better. There are other options, but as you grow more comfortable with investing you can research those. These days, most brokers don't charge any fees each time you put in a buy or sell order, but almost all of them used to. Also, American stock markets are generally open Monday through Friday from 9.30 a.m. Eastern until 4 p.m. Eastern. It's closed on holidays. You can also buy stocks after hours, which is when markets have closed for the day, and your order will be placed when the exchanges are next open for trading. Okay, congratulations, you have now learned how to start investing as a beginner. Now, it's normal for the stock market to go up, and it's normal for it to crash. I've been through multiple massive crashes, where I saw the amount of my portfolio fall 50% and I learned that the people who kept consistently investing, even after they were punched in the gut from seeing their portfolio value fall, are the ones who did very well as the years passed. It's human to feel sad or mad if you invest and the market goes down and you see your portfolio value decrease, but like I said, I've seen that the people who keep investing in quality do well. I consider VU quality, just like I consider McDonald's a quality company or Microsoft a quality company. The people who have done poorly investing in the stock market, in my experience, are those that tried to time the market, or those that didn't get back in if they got out. The other people who did poorly are the ones who tried to get rich quick on penny stocks or speculative stocks, the ones who got into day trading. You can always find exceptions, just like 0.0001% of the people who win the lottery. 
But there is no get-rich-quick scheme to investing. If someone tells you they have a method for trading stocks that will make you rich, ignore it. Realize that a lot of people, including many on YouTube, haven't been investing for very long. They might be very entertaining, but they don't have many actual years of investing experience. That doesn't mean they aren't giving good advice, but it also means they're new to the game, potentially just ahead of where you are on your journey. On YouTube, I recommend PPCEN for dividend investing videos and Filltown for general stock market investing. Investing is like working out. It's smart and healthy to do it, so make it a priority in your life, and down the road you'll be glad you did so. But just like working out, you don't see gains quickly. Did you know that only about 6% of Americans are doing any investing, whether that's in their 401ks or on their own? Of those 40% that don't invest, 28% say they don't know how to invest, and another 28% think that investing is too risky. I get that. Growing up, my dad didn't like investing in the stock market because he said that it felt like gambling. My dad is now retired, but is constantly stressed about his finances, and he has no stocks. If I had nothing in the market, I would be stressed too. In my opinion, you need to stick with investing in quality, even when the markets are crashing, and make sacrifices to keep investing. Instead of buying that expensive pair of shoes, buy inexpensive ones and invest the difference. Instead of getting that BMW, buy a cheap safe car and invest the difference. Live like you're poor and don't let the allure of lifestyle inflation get to you. The longer you live like you're poor, the faster you will become rich. Warren Buffett, who is the fourth richest person in the world, still lives in the same house that he bought in 1958 for $31,000, which is about $250,000 today. He drives a 2014 Cadillac XTS. I wonder if he got the base model or the luxury model. I like to treat transferring cash in my brokerage account kind of like when I go to lunch. I do it and that money is gone. I don't regret that I spent $10 at Chipotle, just like I don't regret if I invest $10 in my brokerage and my stocks go down. I did it and that's that. Now let's go over some common investing questions and terms and such. Stock exchanges are just the infrastructure that facilitate the trading of stocks, which are also called equities or securities. Famous stock exchange in the US are the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ. So next question, what is a stock market index? That's just a group of companies that represent a segment in the market that people feel are useful to track. An example is the Dow, aka Dow Jones Industrial Average, which represents 30 significant stocks that are trading in the New York Stock Exchange. Next question, what's an IPO, which stands for Initial Public Offering? That's when a private company, like Uber recently was, decides to go public by offering shares of the company to be sold to big-time investors and normal investors like you and me. Management works with banks who arrange for their shares to be listed on one or more stock exchanges. Next question, so why do companies sell stock? Well, they do it to raise money. Then they can use that money to build new products or facilities and pay off their debt. It's also a way that owners in the company can get wealthy overnight. Next question, how much should I invest? I would start with a small percentage of your overall savings and then over time invest more. Next question, what is dollar cost averaging, aka DCAing? So that's just a way to invest where you divide up the total amount of money you have saved up and want to invest into a bunch of smaller periodic investments in an effort to reduce the impact of swings of what you're wanting to buy. Some people choose to keep investing small amounts of money into a stock regardless of its price. Other people wait to only invest when they feel that what they want to buy is inexpensive. Both strategies can work and I've done both. Next question, should I invest all of my money at once or should I gradually invest more over time? So statistically speaking, it has been proven that investing all your money at once has outperformed gradually investing the majority of time. However, that's not guaranteed. Right now, even though I've historically lumped some and invested, I would instead probably just do periodic investing since the pandemic makes things way riskier than normal. Next question, what are dividends? A dividend is just a distribution of profits by a corporation to its shareholders. My entire YouTube channel is focused on dividend investing and the passive income that comes from them, and my goal is living on my dividends for the rest of my life, and eventually I plan to pass my dividend portfolio down to my kids so they can do the same and keep having it grow. Dividends are the most passive form of income out there. Big mature companies that have been around for a long time tend to pay dividends. So that includes companies like Coca-Cola, Kimberly-Clark, and AT&T. Next question, what is a drip? 
DRIP stands for Dividend Reinvestment Plan, which is something you turn on for each of your individual tickers that pay dividends in brokerages that allow DRIPs. What it does is it automatically reinvests cash dividends that you get and then buys fractional shares of the ticker that gave you the cash. The nice thing is that even if your brokerage doesn't offer direct fractional shares buying, their DRIP programs do buy fractional shares. Also note that you will owe tax on dividends you get in taxable account, even if your DRIP was on and you never saw the cash yourself. Next question, when should I sell a stock? I did a video called when to sell a stock if you want a more nuanced answer. Next question, how do I figure out what stocks I should buy? I recommend new investors just go with inexpensive broad market ETFs like VU or VTI. If you want to invest in single stocks, then watch videos of good investors, read books, etc. And then you will be able to answer that. The easiest is not to worry about picking single stocks and just go with big baskets of stocks like VU. Next question, how much do I need to start investing? If your brokerage lets you buy fractional shares, then realistically you can invest with just a few dollars. If your brokerage doesn't allow for fractional shares, then you need as much money as one share of whatever stock or fund you want to buy. Next question. Do I have to pay taxes on my stocks? How does that work even? If you have a retirement account, then you generally don't need to pay taxes on any buys or sells in your account. If you have a normal brokerage account, then you'll owe taxes when you make money on sales. The amount of your tax varies on a bunch of factors, like the type of stock, how long you've held it for, etc. Your broker should send you a statement before your tax are due that your tax person can use to calculate the taxes you owe. Next question, what are some cheap stocks to buy right now? My recommendation is that instead you should identify quality companies, and then of those you should figure out which ones are inexpensive right now. To see what I invest in, check out my YouTube channel. Next question, why should I invest? Intelligent investing is a great way to accomplish financial goals and to help prepare you for a more secure financial future. Putting your cash into a bank will generally just lose buying power relative to inflation. Next question, what is compounding or compound interest? Compounding is the process where interest is credited to an existing principal amount as well as to interest already paid. So compounding helps to magnify returns over time, which is why Einstein called compounding the eighth wonder of the world. A drip is a great example of compounding in action. Next question, what's a mutual fund? A mutual fund is a professionally managed investment fund that pulls money from many investors to purchase securities. A mutual fund is similar to an ETF. ETFs actively trade throughout the trading day while mutual fund trades close at the end of the trading day. Mutual funds are actively managed and ETFs are passively managed investment options. In my experience, mutual funds tend to have higher fees associated with them than ETFs, thus I recommend ETFs over mutual funds. Next question, what is a 401k? A 401k plan is a retirement plan that many employers offer their employees. Workers can make contributions to their 401k accounts through automatic payroll deductions and their employers often match some or all of their contributions. Investment earnings are not taxed until the employer withdraws that money, typically after retirement. Next question, can I lose money investing? You can lose money as any investing involves some risk. Markets are impacted by many things including how well a company does, consumer emotions, political events, and natural disasters amongst other things. Historically, stocks have enjoyed some of the best returns over long term at around 10% a year, which is better than corporate bonds, gold, treasury bonds, or cash. The trade-off is with higher returns comes higher risk. So as an asset class, stocks are riskier than let's say treasury bonds or bank savings. However, just because a stock goes down in your portfolio doesn't mean you lost money. You don't make or lose money unless you sell, at which point you lock in your gains or losses. Next question, what does the price of a stock tell you about it? Price just reflects how much investors are willing to buy or sell the stock at, not the intrinsic value of the stock, nor which direction the stock price is headed. An inexpensive stock doesn't mean it's a good buy, whether we're talking about relative to the whole market or towards its previous prices. Okay, those are all the main questions I could think of. Now I want to thank a few new awesome subscribers who became Patreons to support my work. So thank you to Lindsay Wrights who just signed up as a Patreon aristocrat. It was really fun learning on my Discord that Lindsay writes fantasy and sci-fi stories. As a side note, as a kid I dreamed about living on a deserted island with a big chest of books because I loved reading so much. I also want to thank Yomo who has boosted my server on Discord, which makes it better for everyone else, and now has signed up to become a Patreon aristocrat. Thanks Yomo!
So now Yomo and Lindsay get to participate in my spreadsheet 2.0 product, which is a massive upgrade to my 1.0 stock spreading spreadsheet you've seen in my videos. Stay tuned, I plan to do a video highlighting everything it can do. I also want to thank my new champions for signing up, so thank yous go out to Trap Money, Autumn Crow, M Kruger 417, and LSU Tiger 25. Thanks folks, I really appreciate you helping support my efforts to grow and to positively influence and educate the world about financial investing. I also want to thank you, the viewer, for watching all the way to the end. Leave me a comment if you did, I'd really appreciate it. These videos take a lot of time and energy for me to create, so liking my videos is a simple way you can thank me. Please subscribe and click the bell notification if you haven't. And don't forget to check out my Dividend Discord server. You'll love it and you'll get a chance to meet a bunch of like-minded investors. And I'll leave you with this quote from Thomas Jefferson who said, The glow of one warm thought is to me worth more than money. Thanks and I'll talk to you again real soon. I am not a financial advisor and these videos are for entertainment, inspiration, and educational purposes only. Investing of any kind involves risk. I am only sharing my opinion with no guarantee of gains or losses on investments.